What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another Ramblin' Gamers episode 11. I'm here with Adam, like always, and today we are going to ramble on about the latest video game news along with several other topics, ranging from our game opinions to news about upcoming geeky movies and TV shows. If you guys are liking this, please show us some love on Twitter and Instagram at Ramblin' Gamers. We've also begun to upload on our YouTube channel. Like we've been saying for many episodes now, um, Adam and I met up and we recorded probably between like 20 and 30 hours worth of games we're editing it down to upload onto youtube we're going to start doing that at this at the start of next year i know adam already said that he has a video um fully edited i think we have probably like eight videos recorded and we just need to edit them um so we should be doing that here uh sometime in january but we've also started streaming as well we streamed some Fall Guys and Crash Bandicoot while Adam and I were together, and I streamed some Fall Guys on, dang, what day would that be? I think Thursday, December mm-hmm. 17th. Uh, you can locate these streams at twitch.tv slash gamers. and if you're liking our content and would like to see more of it, please share this with a friend so we continue to make content for you guys. Before we get into the news, though, Adam, you were able to get a PS5 ordered. How's, how do you feel? Uh, I feel excited, although it's not coming until the beginning of January for whatever reason. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully that's just some like placeholder date and they get their shit together and start shipping them out soon. But I mean, I'm not going to keep my hopes up there because I have a PS5 and it's coming very early next year. So that's, that's all I can ask for. But I got very lucky on Walmart's website and Matt, Matt was with me and he was trying to get another one. Not mm-hmm. to like, you know, not to scalp or whatever. It was, he actually was getting it for someone else. I was getting it for someone in my family. Yeah. And I actually, I think the only reason I was able to get one is because I had a leg up being that from the last time I tried getting one from Walmart, when, like on launch day, I had it in my cart already. It was just mm-hmm. out of stock, so I couldn't check out. So when the stock went, went up, I was able to just like real quickly already have it in my cart. So I didn't have to wait for like that load time. And then just like check out like real, really fast. And it, it worked. It just came up. Like you have a PS five. I was like, damn, <laughs> damn. Um, it's kind of stressful that like that day. Cause I wasn't expecting to have spent $500, but now, now that that's kind of settled, I'm really looking forward to getting it and playing some games. I know. Um, First, I'm going to catch up on PS4 games that I didn't mm-hmm. play, like Spider-Man, and my roommate's going to let me borrow Dark Souls Remastered, um, some other games I'm looking into, like Persona 5 and the Shadow of the Colossus remake I really want to play. Um, but then after that, hopefully there'll be a lot more PS5 games that I can really get into. Yeah, and with it coming out at the beginning, of, or I guess shipping at the beginning of January, if you think about it, you only have about two weeks to wait for that, so it's not really the end of the world especially because um we're going to be taking a break from from our podcast next week due to the holidays just with kind of the logistics of it all we're both heading home for the holidays um it's going to be really hard to get an episode recorded and put out Mm -hmm. with that though there might be a lot of news for us to catch up on so we could be doing two episodes um during the week that we come back just so we can get caught up we do plan on doing a year in review for 2020 and also, uh, I guess, a year in advance. I don't know what, to, what else you'd call that. But we're going to be looking ahead at um, games coming out in 2021. But we just want to let you guys know that there will be no episode next week. And we'll catch you guys at the beginning of 2021. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But with all of that little, all those little stories out of the way, Let's get into the news. We talked about this briefly last week because it was announced at the Game Awards, but it's officially out now. Sephiroth in Smash. Like you guys probably know, I'm not a huge Nintendo guy. I'm hoping to be a huge Nintendo guy after this holidays if I get a Switch as a gift. But Adam, how's it going? I, I assume that you have the character. I do have the character. Uh, I really like how fast he came out after they announced him. They announced him on um thursday and he came out on thursday yeah so (laughs) it was it was a week from reveal to 
um, release. But the interesting thing about him is that he's actually not officially out yet. He comes out mm-hmm. on the 22nd or the 23rd, one of those days. Sakurai and his like video presentation was talking about just the nature of Sephiroth as a character because he is a boss. He is like the final boss of the game that he's in. Yeah. They wanted to kind of show that off before he really became a part of which like the big character roster and they put him in his own mode where you fight him as a boss and if you beat him as a boss you get the character a few days early um now there's more stuff with like the patch that comes along with the characters like the spirits um and all that is coming later but you if you beat him as a boss you get the character a few days early which was really which was really cool that they added that sort of um that challenge um because it it took me a few tries but it was cool to have not just a character but kind of just a cool little event thing going on in smash where if you if you do it you get a character a few days early uh how well could you beat him on any difficulty to unlock it you could be on um, on any difficulty and i i kind of wanted to appreciate it for what it was so i didn't go in on like easy I mm-hmm. I was kind of in the middle. I wanted some sort of challenge to feel accomplished. Like, yeah, I did it. I got him a few days early. Um, but from what I've heard, the the like the hardest difficulty is pretty hard. Like, he can kill you in mm-hmm. like two hits. It's it's interesting that they did it that way. It's kind of kind of cool given the giving the given the character and like uh, where where he came from, I guess. Mm-hmm. But how does how does he play? Is he fun to play? He he is fun to play. I I like him. Um, I don't know how often I'll play him, but um, he's he's cool. Moving on to our next story. Um, so at last week when we recorded the episode, we recorded it on Friday, December 11th. So Cyberpunk had only been out for a day. And at that point, we didn't really know of the disaster that was about to, to incur for CD Projekt Red. Since then, since Tuesday, when our last episode has come out, a lot of stuff has happened. I'm going to be reading a couple things from Cyberpunk. So on the 14th, they sent out a message on their Twitter saying, and I quote, Dear gamers, first of all, we would like to start by apologizing for you for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered, and in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Second, we will fix bugs and crashes and improve the overall experience. The first round of updates has just been released, and the next one is coming within the next seven days. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit further. Finally, we'd all, we would always like everyone who buys our game to be satisfied with their purchase. We'd appreciate if, it, it, if you would give us a chance, but if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PlayStation Network or Xbox, respectively. And I think this is where the, the kind of the, the disaster really started. So I think it's we should really point out that this game is technically not a next-gen game. There is not a PS5 or Xbox Series version for it. This game is supposed to be supposed to run on both the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. And it doesn't. It it's it's really shameful that the 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 figureheads at this company decided that their them lining their wallets was more important than putting out a game that actually works and i think that they're starting to starting to see the the backlash from it it's it's really shameful that they kind of forced this game to come out in the state that it did yeah but like i'm just remembering how mad people were when it was delayed every single time and yeah the game shouldn't have come out and like the game is broken but it's sh- it's just weird to think like i feel like nobody was going to be <laughs> was going to be happy with what was going to happen with this game i th- they should have delayed it i think i oh yeah they should have delayed it considering what they said in april so that was the initial release date for it and they had said in april that this game is playable there is no way that this game could have been playable in April. It's not really even playable yeah. now. There mm-hmm. are so many game-breaking glitches into it. But moving on, so 
if you guys aren't familiar, PlayStation Network and Xbox both have their own refund policies. Xbox is much more relaxed. Theirs is similar to Steam, where if you buy the game, you have either two hours of game time or up to two weeks to return it for a full refund. So if you go over two hours, you can't return it. If you wait past two weeks, you can't return it. PlayStation Network doesn't have that at all. As soon as you turn the game on and start playing it, it can no longer be returned. So basically, by Cyberpunk hiding how poor, I mean, I, I guess it's up to debate whether or not they hit it. I think they they clearly hit the performance on the, the past-gen consoles, but because PlayStation's return policy is so strict, they basically had to do this and i'm going to read from their twitter sie strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction and we will be begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who have purchased cyberpunk 2077 via playstation 4 and want a refund and they also after that stated that they are taking the game off of their store so basically what they're saying is that this game is they aren't it you can't run this game and because of that we have to change our refund policy and because we need to do this this game should not be even, we shouldn't even be selling this game on our store. And I really think that part of the reason that they did this is because Cyberpunk basically came out and said, you can return this game, to which Sony was basically like, no, like once you start it, you can't return it. We're going to have to change our whole policy in order to do what you said we could do. And because of that, I think that's why they decided we're going to take this game off the store. I don't know about you, Adam, but when this news broke, Twitter was blowing up, and I was honestly very surprised. You you were surprised at the reaction, or you were surprised that they took it off the store? I was surprised that they took it off the store, just because it hasn't been done before. I'm not surprised, I guess, in the fact that it should have been taken off the store. That's It's not surprising that, they, that it's happening, because of how poor the game is running. Mm-hmm. But when you think about all the other games that have been... I would say similar, and I, I don't think anything quite compares to how how poor this game is. But you, yeah. you have to look at games like Anthem and Fallout 76, both of which had disastrous launches as well, and this didn't even happen for them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's mostly because it's, it's the last-gen stuff. Now, it doesn't run perfect on next-gen hardware either with like the crashes and there's bugs and all that but it's just like the last gen stuff like playing it on xbox one or like base model ps4 um where they promised us like 10 years ago that it'd be playable on that i mm-hmm. feel like i dude i feel like they should have been the company that broke their promise for good reasons than the company that released like an embarrassment of a game that yeah people couldn't even play like they i'm dude i'm i've been saying it every time this comes up they they should not have released it on last gen stuff they shouldn't have i think they only did it because however many years ago they made a promise to people no you're not going to have to buy next gen hardware to play this game and i i really think that this wouldn't be as big of a problem if it was also if there was actually a next gen version of the game but the fact that there isn't even a next gen version for the game i've played the game on the next gen consoles it doesn't run that well there's still a, a lot of bugs in the 3 hours i played it i only had one crash but i think that's the problem is we're giving it so much so much slack like in what other game would we buy and go oh it's running pretty well it just has bugs and i've only crashed a couple times we wouldn't say that for any other game we mm-hmm. just try to give them the benefit of the doubt because of Witcher 3 and how, how not necessarily great the launch was, but the life cycle of that game and them releasing free DLC for people who had purchased the game. We were trying to do everything we could to give them the benefit of the doubt and for them to just basically release a broken game for the last-gen consoles. And you know what? This isn't even touched on. I feel really bad for the developers. The developers spent a decade probably pouring out their hearts and soul into this game trying to make it better than the witcher 3 trying to make it one of the best games any any gamer has ever seen and the the heads at the company made them force it out early because there's no way the devs had to have known that this was going to happen when they were releasing it they had to have known it didn't run very well but it's the people at the top who who i would assume probably pushed this game out earlier than it should have 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it sucks, but um, do you do you think they can turn it around? Do you think they can pull a No Man's Sky here? Maybe next year no. release. So you do, you don't think they're going to be able to redeem this game at all? I think that No Man's Sky got a lot more slack, and I think rightfully so because they were such a they they were a smaller studio. Um, let's be, let's be clear: No Man's Sky launch was disastrous. They had promised things. And didn't deliver on many of them. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, I think at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, hit us up on, on Twitter at Ramblin' Gamers. I'm fairly certain they were an indie studio at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a AAA game. I think you, while well, yes, they didn't follow up on the things that they had promised, I think that because they were an indie studio, you need to give them a little bit of slack. This is CD Projekt Red. This is the the... The development studio that gave us the Witcher game, specifically Witcher 3, which is critically acclaimed as one of the best games of all time and still loved amongst people who are into RPGs and fantasy. I do think that they are going to release next-gen versions of this game that will run very well. I do think that it will be runnable. I guess, if, I don't even know if that's a word. I, it will be able to run on the past-gen consoles as well. I don't think that their reputation is going to recover. I think it's going to take them three, four, five really good games at launch in the future for people to finally start trusting this company again, which is really sad considering their their history. But I mean, do you think they're going to be able to recover from this? I mean, technically, yes. Like, I think the game will be able to run, and I think people might be able to look at the game for what it is at that point, but... You're right. Like the next game they develop, I just feel like people are going to be super skeptical, especially around its launch and whatever promises they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, and if you think about it, three or I said three or four games into the future is when they're going to gain their reputation back. It took them 10 years to develop this game. It, I would, I, I, it's normally the, the development cycle isn't quite 10 years, and I believe they were working on Witcher 3 at the same time that they were working on this. We will probably see a game from them within the next five to six years, but we're looking at over a decade before they gain a lot of people's trust back, which is really sad because uh, people were kind of toting them to be the next, <laughs> the big RPG studio. This this team is going to give us RPGs for the next 10 to 20 years that are going to be must plays, and uh, they really let us down. Sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's enough about Cyberpunk. Moving on to something that's not really a video game, but it's in the video game world. Super Nintendo World was showed off by the founder of Mario. What, what's his name again? I'm sorry. <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto. Miyamoto. Walked through Universal Studios in Japan at the new Super Nintendo World and was showcasing certain aspects. He, he had said at the end that he definitely wasn't showing everything. It's like a 15-minute video you can find on IGN. But he showed off what I consider to be a lot. And when you first, when he first walked in, it looked, it doesn't look real. It literally looks like he walked into a video game. Mm-hmm. There's like, but I don't know. This is a really minor detail. I thought that the coin spinning was like the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It, lo- it just looked like a video game. What did you think about the video? Um, it looked, it looked cool. I'm not like racing to go to it <laughs> just because really? it's like a, it, it's like i mean it's like a theme park which are like they're fun but it's not like a priority of mine but if i ever get the chance to go i don't know if i'd go to the one in japan i'd probably go to the one in orlando when it opens mm-hmm. um but i'm still i'm still like excited to see what kind of like rides they have i think the video only showed off one ride and it was the Mario Kart ride, which is, you know, cool. But um, I just, I really liked, like, the atmosphere it created. That's something I really like about theme parks. Like, Potter mm-hmm. World in Universal and, like, the Diagon Alley. It's just so, like, atmospheric. Like, it, it does feel like you're there. Um, and, but it, it's, it's weird. I feel like it's going to be more jarring than, like, a Harry Potter World just because of how, like, cartoony and colorful it is. Um, yeah. But as as a Nintendo fan, I feel like I I'd be able to appreciate it, and I'd love to see just like 
like the shops and stuff. My my favorite thing that they showed off was the restaurant where you eat, where it shows like toads making your food. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That that was cool. What did you think of? What did you think about like the the magic bands? I I don't know what else to call it, but where you can go around and do different activities around the park. Mm. I thought that was a cool little feature. It is it is really cool, and it's kind of like the wands in Potter World that you can buy and like interact with things. Um, or it's like it's kind of geared towards kids, which makes sense. But it's still like a cool little thing where you can have kids be more like immersed in the world and feel like they're mm-hmm. playing like a Mario game. I just thought it was funny when he he like punched the block and got a coin and then showed the app and you needed like 170 coins to like fill up the bar. And they didn't really <laughs> indicate what that bar, like what happens when you get to the end. I would imagine you probably get like some sort of gift card or something to be used in the parks. I just think it's funny that you probably have to go to the park like three or four times and do everything every single time to be able to fill that bar up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just one of those things where they're just doing that to make more money. But I do think it's, I think that this is a really good way to use it. I guess like it's still, you know, it's still universal just trying to nickel and dime you for everything. But it does seem like a fun activity where if I went, I could see myself purchasing one. Uh, what did you think about the huge, like the people in the Mario and Luigi costumes? How did you think that those looked? Um, they looked kind of creepy. I didn't like how their eyes moved. They like, I think they blinked. Yeah, they 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 blinked. It, it was weird, but I mean, it makes sense. You're gonna have Mario characters dressed up around there. I just want because it's called Super Nintendo World, and I know this is just like the start of it. You know, they start with Mario, but I'd love to see kind of more locations maybe like like a donkey kong jungle or like a legend of zelda themed area mm-hmm. well that's that's one thing with nintendo just in general i feel like they could have their own theme park they really with they really all the could. different properties imagine like having a animal crossing theme island that you like take a boat to mm-hmm. but That'd i feel like a- i feel like they didn't really have a choice here because it's like universal already has like the land and universal already has the like the ride developers and like the staff Mm -hmm. to do all that so at at that point it was just them making a deal to do it as opposed to them basically going into the theme park business and having to like find a land oh yeah yeah like that's not what i i didn't necessarily mean they should make their own park i just think with the whole properties Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't necessarily need to be just a a small part of a universal studio, a whole universal part could be filled with just the Nintendo properties. I agree. I'm, I'm not expecting like people who made that jump roping game to start making roller coasters. I probably wouldn't even <laughs> want to go on that. <laughs> but <laughs> but I did think it was cool. I we didn't even talk about this. So they had that little toy where Mario was walking, and he had said that that was made by their their game developers. Mm-hmm. That's cool. If I ever go there, in all honesty, I'd probably buy that toy just to have. I thought it was cool. It is, it, like you said, I'm not. If I go to Japan, this isn't the first thing on my list, but I'd still like to like to go to. I I would probably wait till there is one in the United States first, though. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Because I mean, right as of right now, I have plans to go to Japan uh, next year in 2021 at some point. Um, but I. I think this is in Osaka and I'm not going to be in the Osaka area. And as of right now, I feel like I'm not going to go out of my way just to go to this theme park. I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even stay to the end of the video to see the Mario Kart ride. Oh, I just assumed it was done, but I'll have to go back and watch that. Moving on though, to Kojima productions, giving us a big old tease. They had said that, um, for their five-year anniversary, they would be showing something, and everyone was expecting, including myself, that they would be showcasing a new game. I I honestly don't even know what they announced. I think that they just announced the Cyberpunk collab, where some some cosmetic things from Cyberpunk are is now in Death Stranding. Uh, I don't know about you, Adam. I was incredibly disappointed not to get an announcement for a new game. That is just, <laughs> it is kind of disappointing because um, they, they got to be working on something like this training came out last year. Yeah. Um, 
So they got to be working at, on something, whether it be Death Stranding related or something original. Um, I wonder if they're doing a next-gen version of Death Stranding for the PlayStation 5. That's, but I, once again, I don't know if you'd have... I, we don't know the ins and outs of the development studios, but I wouldn't imagine you'd have a whole team working on a port, basically. Yeah. But, so I guess because we didn't get an announcement, all we can do is speculate as to what they're doing. What do you think the next step is for Kojima Productions? Are you expecting a Death Stranding 2, or are you expecting something different, maybe like a horror game? Um, Knowing Kojima... Well, I don't know. I guess I really don't know him if I've torn, torn between if he's going to make a whole like series in a world out of Death Stranding or if he's going to move on to another project. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I don't know. You're you're right. I forgot that he likes doing kind of horror stuff. But mm-hmm. Death Stranding had horror elements, but it didn't really lean into the horror aspect as much as I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um I I could see him doing like a Death Stranding 2 and kind of making it like a Metal Gear Solid thing where you're focusing on different characters, different times all like all over the map kind of thing. Um but I don't know. I feel like where he's at having his own company, he probably wants to keep doing something new. I am praying that they don't do another Death Stranding 2. Here's, here's what I've been thinking, why I'm kind of leaning away from a Death Stranding 2. I think a direct sequel wouldn't... They, they would almost have to get... Well, okay, to be fair, neither one of us have played this game all the way through. I played about 10 to 15 hours of it and was bored out of my mind and I had to put it down. You went and like watched the cutscene slash like read what the ending was about. Is Norman Reedus, I think his name was Sam in that. Is he alive at the end? Well, he's technically spoilers ahead if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, have, I know people who listen to this podcast who don't want to know how it ends. Spoilers uh, ahead. Skip ahead like three <laughs> minutes if you don't. Want to. I'm going to give you four seconds. One, two, three, four. Isn't he the baby? He is the baby. And it, it's just, it's such a weird, asinine ending that I feel like if I had played through the game, I personally would have been disappointed that I spent so much time to get to that point for it to be some weird, like, time paradox thing where he's the baby and it's kind of ambiguous if he's like alive or not, but then he's like reborn in the past as the baby. And it, I don't, it's, it's just weird. And I, I don't know, but if they were going to do a death stranding too, I don't think they would keep going with um, the Sam character. I think they okay. would do something else in the same world. Okay. So that's kind of what I was thinking that they wouldn't do a direct sequel with Sam. Cause honestly, if I were Norman Reedus, I'd kind of want to move on from doing that. <laughs> yeah. But they could do something set in the universe. I would say that that's more likely than maybe having a direct sequel. But I think that he will do something other than Death Stranding. I think that game was just very divisive amongst fans. And, and even critically, I think there are a lot of critics who didn't necessarily care for that game. But my question to you is, Death Stranding, he had Norman Reedus. I feel like from here he need like you you only go up. Who is he getting in his uh, who what famous person is he getting in his next game? Like are Keanu we thinking Reeves. an eight? I think Keanu Reeves should take a step back from video games after the Cyberpunk launch. I know it's mm-hmm. I, I'm just gonna blame him for it. I know it's not his fault, but like are we thinking like an A-lister or are we thinking someone like maybe Oscar Isaac's just an easy name because he he plays he's going to be playing Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie. Are we thinking someone along his lines or someone bigger than that? I don't think he's going to go with like a big big name. He'll probably go with someone kind of like Norman Reedus level. It'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping that they get the announcement out with sometime next year. Uh, because I haven't played any of the Metal Gear Solid games, and I was really looking forward to playing Death Stranding as my first like Hideo Kojima game. And I was very disappointed, very bored. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, but moving to, on to... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. 
Uh, I was going to say, to be fair, I don't think you're going to like the Metal Gear Solid games either. <laughs> Just knowing what kind of games you like. I might not. I know there's a lot of cutscenes in those games, and that was one of my biggest things with Death Stranding was just setting down the controller and watching something for like two hours (laughs) and then playing again but moving on to nintendo news there was an article in polygon where um i forgot his name but he was interviewing is it doug bowser is the actual nintendo president's name correct yeah he's the current president of nintendo of america did he change his name or is that just his (laughs) no that's, that's just his name okay so they went over many different topics i'm gonna read a little bit from the article but mostly i just want to get adam's impression on it because he is a huge nintendo fan um so the question was posed is nintendo holding back games for switch pro it was definitely a more in-depth question than that but i'm just going to read his very vague response and i quote the way i'd answer this is that we look at the fourth year of the nintendo switch we continue to see very very strong momentum we see the platform appealing to a wide range of consumers This year in particular, we've seen more women gamers come into Nintendo Switch platforms, women that had not owned a Nintendo Switch platform in the past, and they're engaging in our content in new and different ways. We've been able to introduce not only games like Animal Crossing New Horizons, but from our partner games like Hades or Minecraft Dungeons or Ori and the Will of the Wisps, we have a number of different ways that players are coming in and engaging the content, and it's not all AAA content, unquote. Based on that, I don't think we're getting a Switch Pro anytime soon. Yeah, I'm I'm very doubtful that there's going to be a Switch Pro, and that's just kind of based on like the the past of Nintendo. I feel like usually they release kind of like downgrade cheaper models of consoles. They don't really go up. Like when they start going up, that's them like coming out with a new console basically. Um and we already have like the Switch Lite um as like a second model for the Switch. I I don't know what they would do with the switch pro that's not just like better specs for running the the games Mm -hmm. but i feel like at that point they probably wouldn't care (laughs) about making a like a higher end model just to be more in line with other like next gen consoles so i agree with that i think what they would improve would be the the screen probably mm-hmm. um because isn't it only seven 720 yes yeah certain. yeah and when you're playing in handheld the screen is 720 which is you know not the best but it is only yeah. a 300 dollar console to be fair mm-hmm. and i mean the games you're playing on it it looks fine <laughs> it looks fine like you're but, you're not playing like high graphic games, and and another reason that the question was posed if is if they're holding back games is because I think a lot of people would consider this to be a weaker Nintendo lineup for the holiday because if you compare it to 2019, we had Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion Three, and the new Pokemon game. Um, and this year we got Pikmin Three. Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which are, from what I've heard, all really good games. But it is definitely a weaker holiday lineup. Would you... I guess I... What do you think they're doing? Like, that's not a very strong lineup for Nintendo. So I guess that leads the question, why are... It it does seem like they're holding games back, or do you think COVID has just impacted them? Um greatly so with covid i know in that same interview doug bowser said that covid affected them at the beginning but isn't affecting them much now and i feel like that is kind of like a um like a veil for saying like covid's not impacting us releasing games anymore because we're like holding on to them like, does, does that make sense? Like, they, they kind of figured out their plan of, like, holding games back. But I also feel like it's in addition to um, Xbox and Sony releasing new consoles. I don't think... Yeah. I don't think they're doing it for the sake of the new consoles to be like, oh, like, yeah, you guys can sell your consoles over Christmas. I, I think they're waiting to be... Have the attention be all on them of, of like, hey, we're releasing 
um, like Breath of the Wild 2 this year and then have all the attention be mm-hmm. on Nintendo instead of having like new players um, be looking at like new consoles and all that. So I, I feel like they are holding back some stuff because this was a very weak year for Nintendo outside of like Animal Crossing. Um, I, I do agree with that, that with the consoles, they kind of want, with the new consoles from Sony and Microsoft, they want the attention on them. However, I think we need to keep in mind that for the month of November, Nintendo, the Switch once again outsold both of these consoles. It not only outsold the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S, it also outsold the PS4 and the Xbox One. It was once again the highest selling console. I think we're going to see a very similar thing in December, and I do think that has somewhat to do with the the amount of supply that the new consoles have however it's still just an absolute juggernaut when it comes to sales figures for Mm -hmm. that reason it i don't understand why they would like i don't think breath of the wild 2 is ready and would have been ready if covid didn't happen same with a potential super mario odyssey 2 sequel i guess super mario odyssey sequel saying that if those games come out this winter this holiday i still i i think nintendo sells itself short a little bit with the like those games are going to sell well no matter what and they're going to continue to sell well because we still see breath of the wild be one of the top 10 selling games in several different months this year and animal crossing came out in march and it's still in like the top five every single month for highest selling games if not number one maybe only losing out to call of duty some months I think that they sell themselves short a little bit. I think they I think they would have done a lot better this holiday if the games were ready than than they're giving themselves credit for. So I don't understand why they would hold games back. I really think it's just that they aren't ready. Mm-hmm. Obviously we don't know what, what they're thinking and yeah, what's, what's going yeah. on and what games they have lined up. Um but I am very hopeful that we'll start to see kind of like an, another ramp up next year like because we had 2017 2018 and 2019 were all very strong in terms of um content that nintendo was making for the switch so um i i think they can finish strong because again in the same interview doug bowser said that the switch is considered to be halfway through its life cycle mm-hmm. um which is very um it's like an optimistic thing to hear that there's still probably four maybe five years of Nintendo producing Switch games. And I think maybe this was just kind of like a mid-lull. There was a lot of other stuff going on in the world. And hopefully next year we'll start to see... Um, uh, like, we'll, we'll see the release schedule ramp up. Mm-hmm. I would expect Breath of the Wild 2 to come out next year but we can we can save all the speculation for next year for a different show but the last thing i want to touch on in this article and i want you to explain this to me a little bit um i'll read the quote and everything but joy con drift i would assume that's where the the analog sticks like i know what happened to kristen's i'm pretty sure it, like moved off to the side and would just constantly stay there is mm-hmm. that basically what it is yeah so it is a tech uh it's like a hardware defect in the joystick um where it when you use it too much it kind of chips a little bit of the plastic um like around it in the base and like the the joystick input kind of detects like the little shrapnel of plastic Mm -hmm. in the joy cons so in the game it'll be miss inputs and some games you'll see it more than others based on how sensitive they have the joystick being um i personally notice it in animal crossing a lot um and it i i think the problem is mostly in like older models of the joy con like my okay the joy cons i that came with my console when it launched um have drift um but I have some Joy-Cons that came out later in addition to some custom Joy-Cons that I'm pretty sure the person who made them replaced the joysticks with something where that wouldn't happen. So I I just don't use like the Joy-Cons that came with my Switch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I have so many others that don't have the drift. But it's so still basically. Go ahead. It's it's still like a shitty thing that their um, console came with like a defective controller that just kind of like decays itself over time and causes issues where people either are forced to like send in their controllers to Nintendo or go out and spend eighty dollars on like a, a better pair. Um, I I think now and in the future they might be better. I think they've said that they've like improved it. Um, but based on what I've seen online, people are still upset about it. Like it's still happening. And Nintendo seems to be making it kind of a non-issue by just saying, if you're having a problem, send it to us and we'll fix it. I know they're fixing it for, for free, but it's still, it's just kind of an issue that Nintendo seems like they're just trying to like sweep under the rug. Um, and it, I don't know. It just seems to be, it's not like a bad thing, but it's just like, it's inconvenient. You know, I would say it's a bad thing. Well, it is a bad thing that it's shipped with defective controllers, but it's just like it just inconveniences their consumers because they need to either spend more money on better controllers or like um, mod them themselves so it doesn't happen or like like keep sending them into Nintendo once a year so they fix it. And that's essentially what the what he said when asked about this, and that they don't necessarily have a a fix in the works per se, or at least he didn't come out and say that. Um, but basically just to send it in every month. And from someone who's just uh, hopefully about to be jumping into the, the Nintendo landscape, I hope that this isn't a reoccurring problem throughout um, my time with the Switch and future Nintendo consoles, because it seems just very... It, it kind of goes back to, to what Cyberpunk is doing. It's just like, well... Yeah, you bought our product, and yep, it doesn't really work, so good luck, basically, yeah. is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really unfortunate, unfortunate thing to, um, to happen. I think it's something that they should, should work out. We shouldn't be three or four years into its life cycle and still, I guess, have this problem, still be frustrated but, by it, but... Moving on from that article, if you do want to read it, it's on Polygon's website. It's written by Russ Frushtick. So go ahead and give that a read. It's a very interesting article. Uh, moving on to more Nintendo news. It's a very, I think, of our six stories, four of them are about Nintendo. Um, but the Indie World Showcase happened. Uh, what, what day was that? Was that Monday or Tuesday? One of those two days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, early early last week. But we're going to touch on four, I guess, three of the games that were announced and one that wasn't. Adam, how do you feel about not seeing the Hollow Knight sequel, Silk Song? I mean, it's like, it's a little disappointing. I didn't really have my hopes up that I would see it, but it's still a game I'm very excited for. And I know, like, when it eventually comes out, it's going to deliver. So I just, I keep thinking about that and I, I just wait patiently. Yeah, I was, after what you had said about them posting on their blog, I thought it would be a certain that it would come out. So, even though I haven't played Hollow Knight, I was very disappointed. I thought at the very end, the classic thing that all of these shows seem to do is, before we go, we have one more thing to show you. I was like, okay, here it comes. And instead, what we got was Among Us coming to Switch. Well, although that doesn't excite me a whole lot, it is still... Uh, pretty cool, I'd say. I th- it's the first console it's coming to, I'm fairly certain. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they they also announced, this isn't related to the Indie World Showcase, but they also announced that Among Us is going to be on Game Pass <laughs> when it comes out yeah. on Xbox, too. Yeah, which I is, see Which that is pretty well. big news. Um, but in terms of Among Us on Switch, it kind of makes sense because Switch is kind of like a, like a mobile console, um, and mm-hmm. it's cool that they're all going to share servers between the console and the mobile and the PC versions of the game. Yeah. Um, it's just like it makes sense that they did it and it's going to sell really well because it's a hot game amongst kids. But among me, us, I'd say it's a hot game among yeah. us as humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but where I'm at is why would I spend five dollars to play it on the switch when i can play it for free on my phone 
Like if I, Both if you're already are mobile, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, like if you're going to pay $5, you should buy it on like PC or something. But if you're not going to play it on PC, then you might as well play it for free and get the same experience that, than you would having it on switch. Cause you're already yeah, going to have guess it, like the it, shitty it benefits someone like you though. Like you don't have a PC. Yeah. But I have among have us on switch. my phone. Yeah, but it's it's still gonna run better on the Switch, and it's gonna be a better experience. Mobile games are like very hard to control. I mean, that's true. You have the joystick and stuff, but I'm thinking about in terms of communication and all that, which is very yeah, crucial to the game. Is you're not gonna be able to voice chat with people unless you're on Discord. You're not gonna be able to type easily and i feel like typing in all honesty is going to be worse on the switch than it would be on your phone yeah i'd i'd say that overall the overall user experience it's definitely the best on the on pc when it eventually comes out on xbox and playstation probably next best on those and then probably phone and switch last you're probably right because mm-hmm. of all of them it's definitely easiest to type or to be in a call with your friends on pc um, but probably phone is the next easiest to type on. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, again, very cool that it's going to be on Game Pass day one. Yeah, <laughs> we we sit here and say it's cool it's going to be on Switch, and then we just roast it for four minutes. But um, one thing that we've talked about on this show before is how we want to play more indie games, and with these, uh, with this showcase, we both decided to pick out a game each that interested us. I'm going to go first. The game that interests me the most was Very, Very Valet, which is a game basically where you get, I think you can play single player, but it's, it's a game that can be played multiplayer and you play with your friends and basically you just are a valet in these crazy maps where it looks like you're ramping over like a river or driving across a, like a runway. What What's it called where an airplane takes off? That's a runway. Okay, yeah, you're driving across a runway as a plane's trying to, like, T-bone you. It just looked like a very fun game that I could see having a lot of fun with friends. I don't know if there's any... I don't know a whole lot about the game. I just thought everything about it looked like it would be a lot of fun. Uh, did you... Is this a game you can see yourself picking up, Adam? Uh, yeah, it looked funny. And if it has, like, a cool kind of multiplayer scene, like, if you get it and all that, then I could see myself getting it where we could play together. Um, but yeah, it looked it looked funny. I agree. Hopefully, it's. I would assume it's not going to be any more than twenty dollars. But moving on to uh, your game that you decided to highlight was Cyber Shadow. Go ahead and take it away. Yes, uh, I'm pretty excited for this game. Um, it's made by Yacht Club Games, which are the people that made Shovel Knight, which is a very well respected indie game that they've been working on for a long time because they kept adding free DLC content to it. Um, so this is their first like new original project after um, Shovel Knight, and it it looks very cool. It's very reminiscent of like NES action side scrollers like Ninja Gaiden, and I just I like I like how it looks. I like the atmosphere it has, and it looks like it's going to be a hard game, which is <laughs> pretty cool. I'm definitely have been into like the grindy boss games a lot recently. Um, so I'm definitely gonna really look into it. And I think the, the big amount announcement from the indie showcase was they announced the release date and it's coming out next month at the end of January. Yeah. Um, and it's not just on switch. It's going to be on PlayStation and Xbox and PC too. For some reason, I just feel like those like indie games, they just, I, they feel at home on the switch. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. It's not like, I don't think they run any better. It's just like. When I had the option of playing Hades, I could either have gotten it on my computer or on the Switch. I decided, even though the Switch isn't even te- technically mine, I had to continuously like beg my girlfriend to get off the Switch so I could play it. They just feel really good on the Switch. I agree. I love my like preferred console to play games on right now is the Switch, and that's just because I can. It's like the option of playing it on the TV and getting that experience or just laying in my bed at two in the morning, working my way through a game. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm excited for both of these games. I'm looking forward to hopefully this year playing more indie games. I've already told Adam that I think we should try and play one indie game a month. 
Um, but also with that, I thought there were some big stinkers at the Indie World Showcase. Like there were like three cat games that all looked bad. There was that. <laughs> what was that one game? It was like the you were on the island. I guess I, I'd like to talk about that too. You know which one I'm talking about? I have no idea. I don't remember a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the shows. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it really quick. It was called Alba, a wildlife adventure where you were like saving animals. I kind of remember that. That looked interesting. <laughs> I'd like to play that one as well. But I want everyone who's listening to this to try and hold us to it. If there's an indie game you guys play and think was think is really good, hit us up on Twitter at Ramblin' Gamers, and we will try and give it a, sh- a shot. But I think that about wraps it up for our show. Like I said at the very beginning there will be no episode next week and we'll catch you guys at the very beginning of 2021 with a year in review and at some point we're going to look ahead to games coming out in 2021 keep an eye out on our youtube we will be uploading videos there very shortly keep an eye out on twitter and instagram at ramblin gamers we're trying to stay more up to date on our social media specifically twitter that's our preferred platform but also Keep an eye out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ramblinggamers and uh, keep an eye out for streams coming up. I leave for the holidays on Tuesday, but I'm hoping to do, I guess by the time this comes out, I will have already streamed if I decided to do it. But keep an eye out early 2021 for more streams. I'll, I'll tweet out the link every single time, so follow us over there. But before we end the show, do you have anything else to add, Adam? Um. Not really. As you said, we have a lot of content coming after the holidays. Beginning of next year, you'll start seeing uh, consistent podcast uploads. You'll start seeing consistent streams from both of us. We're going to get that logistically figured out. Um, And YouTube videos. We're going to, I think every Friday, starting in January, we're going to have a video going up of various things, gameplay videos, we made some tier list videos that are pretty fun. So yeah, keep an, keep an eye out for that stuff. <laughs> I keep also I want I would like everyone to um I so Adam and I have been discussing things about ways we can try and differentiate our you know kind of our brand from others. We were considering also doing with all the new Marvel and Star Wars stuff coming out, stuff that we're both very interested in, maybe doing like a a 30-minute podcast every single week after a new Marvel or Star Wars event happens. So, for example, when WandaVision starts to come out early next year, we're considering doing a 30-minute episode discussing what we thought about the episode, what we're expecting to come next. We would probably do very similar things for Star Wars and maybe even bigger episodes for movies because those should be ramping up. So if you do want to see that, please let us know at our Twitter. That's the best way to get into contact with us. Our DMs are open. So if you do want to just DM us ideas, please do that. Also, this isn't even something I've discussed with Adam, but I think it would be fun where maybe we could do challenge streams where each of us challenges each other to do something, um, like something hard in a game. For example, beat every single boss on Cuphead um, on Expert or something. That'd probably be something Adam would challenge me because I'm way better at video games than Adam. Uh, What the... um, (laughs) but if you guys do want to see that please let us know i do think that'd be something fun that we could do on stream and interact with anyone who wants to watch um and maybe who knows if we get enough viewers we could put up polls on twitter and you guys could vote on a challenge for us or give us challenge ideas what do you think about that one adam um that sounds interesting just don't give me the cuphead one i'm not as good at that game as you are no i i mean yeah, I was joking about Adam being worse at video games. Cuphead is just a video game that I I would I think we both consider I'd be better at. But if we have nothing else to add, Adam, I just want to wish everyone a very happy holiday, no matter what you celebrate. We'll catch you guys at the beginning of 2021. Have a good new year. See you.